This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. episode of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it's anthony and jacqueline and we're back to talk more nxt on the wwe network uh and hulu and usa and all those other places yep it has been a week uh since we last yeah. recorded uh yeah, happy st day <laughs> oh thank you thank you so much uh You're has it been fun just doing all of your drinking indoors or i mean i always do my drinking indoors, indoors. So. yeah yeah uh, I'm not an outdoor person. <laughs> this is this is your standard St. Patrick's Day celebration. Well, whoa. I mean, usually it's a usually I drink beer. I mean, today ah, was wine, so yeah. Uh, we adapt and overcome. I That's have what people do. <laughs> I'm not even sure where to begin with uh, the coronavirus explosion, but let's uh, keep it focused on wrestling. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's certainly impacted professional wrestling for sure. Yeah, uh, I I saw it start in uh, uh, Japan was the first place where I really started seeing it uh, affected, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of companies tried to do no. Uh, some companies tried to do shows with no uh, people in attendance, and other bigger companies like New Japan just completely canceled all of their shows. They didn't even mm -hmm. do, like, uh, no arena stuff. And eventually, of course, uh, regardless of ineptitude on a governmental level, yes, it totally hit the United States, and yes, it has absolutely affected everything, but for the purposes of this podcast and professional wrestling, it has absolutely impacted professional wrestling. Professional maybe, wrestling. Maybe not in the way that it has impacted other sports, uh, because the other sports are like, well, we're just done for now. Whereas pro right. wrestling is like, we're going to push forward, 
even if there's nobody there. Um, right. Okay. Which I will say to, to their credit, um, what I do enjoy about that, like with that, the fact that they're doing something is that like people still need entertainment mm-hmm. and consumption. Yes. Um, now, is it necessarily safe for everyone involved? I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to comment on that, but yeah, at least we get new content. Well, this is where I'm going. It's really weird how used we're going to have to get to the performance center because that's where they were doing the episode of NXT. We're going to talk about for, uh, for this episode, uh, took place at the performance center, which was With scheduled. Yeah, that was actually yeah. scheduled to take place because uh, full mm-hmm. sale was unavailable, and this happens to them uh, yearly. And they right. decided to just do a show and and at the performance center. And boy, oh boy, uh, are we going to get familiar with the performance center? Uh, not just in this episode of NXT, but in general, because WWE ended up uh, canceling a lot of its events including the first one was a Friday night SmackDown, which they ended up doing from the performance center with no fans. And Mm -hmm. then just before Monday night raw went on the air, which was also uh, canceled and held in the performance center without any fans. uh, Just before that went on the air, WWE announced that they would in fact be canceling WrestleMania 36 and unbelievably, deciding to hold it from the performance center with no fans. And I think, okay. I think I know the reason why, and I understand it, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. Yes, I think I do as well. Because they've been building up to this, and it kind of sets up their next set of shows. Yeah, they can't keep building to this forever. Like, the build has already been kind of bad and sort of long already and they just would exactly so like so i get it there was going to be no postponement because nobody knows how long this yeah could and be. also um i know we had spoken you know if if they if they postponed it to june mm-hmm. right i'm just gonna tell you all right now because i live in tampa yeah um tampa in june it's it's like hell yeah basically figure that heat in so there's no way they were going to do that outside mm-hmm. in tampa so now maybe they would have found a different venue but that gets expensive and different yes. and blah 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 blah. but um so so i see it there's a lot of logistics that mm-hmm. i'm sure go into planning wrestlemania yeah yeah um i mean i i feel a little i feel a little heartbroken for you that you won't get to go to this takeover uh <laughs> That's I a- feel heartbroken for me. They were Christmas presents. Now what do I do? This is a big bummer. Yeah. Now you owe your husband big time. <laughs> I owe him a Christmas present. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I, I have a feeling because of the nature of how large all of this is that WWE will, in fact, do some sort of make good to the city of Tampa. I would not be surprised to see them schedule a takeover there once everything is blown over. But the takeover that was supposed to be Tampa Bay... I have at least I have heard that they are planning on doing the Wednesday before uh, WrestleMania at the Performance Center, so it will be taking place. It will be taking the place of the episode of NXT that would have been airing on April first, and instead it will be uh, the Takeover card that they were building towards. Oh, okay. I've just come across something here as well that I guess I should bring this up, but also I <laughs> I don't know what this means. Jacqueline, this could be podcast breaking news. 
Not like Uh-oh. breaking news on a podcast, but news that could break our podcast. Um, oh, oh my god! Unless you choose, unless unless we talk off air to do something fun for next week or potentially for weeks after next week. Uh, Did they stop wrestling? Okay, so this is all I can imagine. I've I've been reading news, so I saw some of the SmackDown that they did in front of no fans. I heard it was it eerie. was weird and awkward. Although uh, there were promos on both SmackDown and Raw that I think were done made better by there being no fans. Probably uh, there was a John Cena Bray Wyatt promo that actually felt very intense without any fans there, and they both performed so well. And there was a promo from Edge on Monday setting up his match with Randy Orton where he literally just talked right into the camera the whole time. And it was also very intense. And Edge has also been acting for a few years outside of WWE. And he was also very good. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the promos without fans were good. But the matches were a little weird. Awkward, yeah. And the word coming out before Raw was that Vince hated the wrestling with no crowd. Mm-hmm. And Raw. What's hey, the news? And, oh my oh, gosh. Okay, I gotta build it up. Cause it's so built. Raw, hold on. I, I really need to emphasize this. Raw is a three hour show. That's too long. They had <laughs> one one current wrestling match on it. They had one empty arena match with Rey Mysterio and Andrade, and it went eight minutes, maybe. They, on Monday Night Raw, Jacqueline, they showed the entire men's Royal Rumble match. Instead, like, they just showed old footage. Uh, Okay. There was one new wrestling match in three hours of TV. That sounds ridiculous. This news coming now from Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter on Twitter. He wrote here, confirmed, no live matches on NXT tomorrow, studio setting, interviews, personality profiles and old footage and that may be the format going forward uh for a little bit with nxt there's at least for next week now it might it might change so uh they're but, gonna show a rerun without it being a rerun yeah so essentially the next yeah. show will be no live matches and there will be interviews presumably things setting up the takeover, which will happen at some point, and personality profiles, and they will probably show old footage, by which I think they mean uh, footage from previous episodes of NXT and previous takeovers that set up what's going right. to happen at so, this takeover. And, and I'll, okay, we'll give them a week and figure it out, and we can figure out what that means mm-hmm. for podcast maybe, land. Maybe we can but. go watch an episode of NXT UK. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Um, Stop it. You know, my uh, my idea is uh, that we just go hop on Hulu because I think they've got like uh, the whole archive of NXT. We'll just go <laughs> back. We'll just go back and like watch a really old takeover, like one that you've never seen before. I mean, and... I have the we have the app so like we can watch that. I also did watch the uh, the FCW documentary that the, that they just uh, oh, I haven't released. seen that. Is it good? And I will. It is good. And here's why: because I knew exactly what they're talking about when they're talking about places in Tampa. <laughs> like it was kind of crazy. Also, um, my husband recognized the bar 
that yeah. they, like the that they name by name. He's like, I know that place. I've I'm been like, there. Oh <laughs> He's like, that was an eighteen and over bar back in the day. <laughs> well, um, yeah, we I think yeah. we'll think of something to talk about for next yeah. week. We'll come up with something to do. Um, okay, so. I guess let's talk about the last episode of NXT before we enter into the isolation era of NXT. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it'll be a brief one, uh, but this is episode number 551 of NXT, uh, where we get a brief recap of the previous week's events. And then we are in the Performance Center, which, honestly, I thought they made up. It looked okay. It looked it did look smaller than Full Sail, but not that much smaller. I, I, think, it looked, mm-hmm. I think it looked okay. Uh, and we it just, wasn't bad. We just went right into wrestling. Keith Lee and Cameron Grimes for the North American Championship. And uh, this one is just all Keith Lee tossing Cameron Grimes at will. Uh, typical Cameron Grimes match, actually, where he just gets beat up for a big chunk of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Grimes manages to escape a certain doom at least twice, but can't create any space between he and Keith Lee to, to gain any sort of advantage. Uh at one point, Grimes' hat falls off the post, and the crowd totally reacts to this. I know. It was really weird. <laughs> it's like the biggest moment in the match so far. They're like, oh, my God. He's dead I without thought, his hat. I thought one of the pad pads had fallen off. Oh, from the turnbuckle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, I'm trying to... I think they... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd was chanting about Cameron Grimes needing to... Wax as well. Apparently, I didn't think about this before, but he should just team up with Damian, uh, Killian Dane. Uh, they mm. would they would be like a great hairy guy team. They could be like cavemen or something. They would make sense then. Yeah, you know, put the two yeah. hairy guys together. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, why not? We're just <laughs> any yeah. anything anything can happen now. Uh, eventually Cameron Grimes manages to cut off Keith Lee and starts hammering at him. Conveniently enough, it's right before a commercial break. So when the break is done, Keith Lee starts making a comeback on poor Cameron Grimes. Grimes manages to unleash some strikes and hits an impressive German suplex on Keith Lee for a two. Tries to do a moonsault. Keith Lee catches him. He turns it into a DDT, gets another two. Keith Lee just pounces him out of nowhere, hits the Big Bang Catastrophe, and wins. Uh, what did you think, Jacqueline? Um, not a big fan of this match. Oh, I mean, okay. it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just get so mad when Keith Lee, they just have him be like that strong man. Like yeah. the, he's like the big guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not, it's not all he is. I don't know. I was, I hate, I've seen that too many times when they like, it's almost like no one else knows how to work with Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really frustrating because, like, we've seen him be amazing, and I just did not think this is amazing. Yeah. So that was my thing. Um, I also, um, as we heard last week, I have a crazy note-taking uh, approach to this. You say crazy. Um, I say awesome. But go yes. ahead. Yes. So... <laughs> Uh, what I did note here is, why is some of this crowd rooting for Grimes? Stop it. They, <laughs> you know, they have a very unfortunate chant right now. Like, they didn't really Let's know. Let's get grimy. Let's I get don't... grimy. Bad. Not not good I... for right now. Stop it. 
<laughs> I didn't like it. Let's like, get why are sanitary. We this man? <laughs> yeah, we should not be behind this man. So <laughs> let's get grimy. I will say though, the one things Grimes did have um, mm. were he kicks really well. Yes. So I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This was like fine. Mm-hmm. What'd you give it? A two. Woo! Whoa! Below average, even. Mm. Um, I actually liked it more than Grapple. I thought this was—I thought this was good for the the amount of time that they had. Um, it's it's tough. I felt like I enjoyed this. Maybe I ended up enjoying this more because I watched this the day after AEW, which I watch live, and Wednesday was kind of the day where everything started falling apart. Uh, hmm. Like right in the middle, like right in the middle of the show, it's like the NBA is canceling their season and the hmm. the college basketball final four, like all like March Madness, they canceled all of that. And I'm like, yes, oh my god, did. like things are getting very serious. And it was taking me out of the show because like I'm sitting here trying to figure out like what the heck is happening. What does this mean? Yeah, uh, I watched NXT the day after, so I didn't have any of that clouding me, which probably affected mm. a little bit of my enjoyment of AEW. But potentially, I, I for the most part, I enjoyed this. I thought it was good, and we're off. We're we we're off uh, off the charts here, uh, Jacqueline. You and I. I went three and a quarter. Holy shit! Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it, and Grapple gave it a three point one nine. So they were a wow. little, they were a little further down to earth, but still like a full point ahead of you. Yeah, you all. I mm. don't know why you liked that. Uh, post. Anyway. And and the weird thing is, I I'm like as you were talking about it, I started thinking about how formulaic it is. Like it's every Cameron mm-hmm. Grimes match where Keith, not just Keith Lee, but every Cameron Grimes match is Cameron Grimes getting beat up forever, and then he looks impressive for about a minute and a half, and then gets killed. Uh, like Trent Seven, or or he wins, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they did the whole thing where Keith Lee was killing him, and then Cameron Grimes like cut him off, and it's like, oh, there comes a commercial break, because like yep. every time that's how they do it. Anyway, post match, right. post match, Damian Priest lays out Keith Lee with the stick. I thought Keith Lee's sell of this was actually kind of hilarious. It was like he whacks him in the back, and Keith Lee's arms are extended, and he's like ah, and then falls to his knees. <laughs> Uh, very. It was shocking. Yes, very overdramatic. Uh, Dijakovic comes in, runs him off, goes to give the belt to Keith Lee, but Keith Lee pops him up, hits a power bomb, as he never saw who his attacker actually was, and when he got up, all he saw was Dijakovic holding his belt. I actually thought that was oh. a nice little touch. I did. I have two big thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. My first one is. What is Di, uh, is Damien Priest wearing? Um, <laughs> his no look bugs the hell out of me. He's he's totally like a new metal rocker from like two thousand one. He, he is not. I oh, he's I in corn. Say that he's in porn. No corn, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe porn as well. I mean, he could be he doing looks- both. He looks more like a wannabe vampire from Buffy. Like he really does. <laughs> Like go back yes. and watch the episode where they oh, have the let's let's what? tie let's tie it together. He's mm-hmm. uh he's an actor in a Buffy porn parody. There it is. Mm. That's exactly what he is. So that was my first thought. Um also fuck him, get rid of him. Um Oof, but rough. Okay. 
I, I can't stand him. Um, but also, is do since uh, Keith Lee went after Dijakovic, mm-hmm. is Keith Lee going to be turning heel? Because I think that could be fun. I mean, you could maybe read it like that. I still think this was just like a mistaken identity thing where he's he's just I like, I saw Dijakovic holding my belt. I got whacked from behind. He wants this match with me. Like, it all makes sense. Uh- it does. All I know is, though, that it's just setting up their rivalry even more. I would like a cocky heel Keith Lee, though. Right? Wouldn't that be fun? Superior size and strength and agility. Yeah. Yeah. He could totally do I mean, that sort the, of thing. He could. The crowd would never buy it. No, they'd I feel love like him. people just love him. Yes. But I would love that character from him. Uh, it is revealed that six women will be in this ladder match at the now takeover episode of NXT from the Performance Center with no crowd. Uh, Then we get a ladder match qualifier, Mia Yim and Dakota Kai. And it's all Mia early, but... uh, Actually, you know what? I think it's all Mia for like a long time. Dakota eventually Mm -hmm. distracts the referee, and Raquel Gonzalez plants Mia on the apron. Of course, commercial break. Uh, Coming Mm -hmm. back from the break, and... Uh, this was actually good. I like this. They come back from the break and Mia starts to make a comeback, but gets cut off and Dakota hits her with a chiropractor only gets a two. Uh, she misses a Yakuza kick in the corner. Mia scoops her up, hits a power bomb, but Raquel Gonzalez breaks the pin. Ref is yelling at her while Dakota gets a pin attempt, but there's no referee. So she goes over to yell at the referee to be like, Hey, I had a pin over here. And uh, that gives Mia enough time to recover. I'm not sure if she hits protect your neck here or not. Something close to it. Um, Maybe. She hits Dakota with it and gets the win. And uh, afterwards, Raquel Gonzalez lays out uh, Mia Yim. So Mia is in the ladder match. Uh, I believe you predicted that she would indeed be a participant. Yeah. What I'm surprised at, though, is that she beat Dakota Kai. Yes, that Um, surprised me as well. And I feel like this is a big matchup. Like, why? Like, it should have gotten some kind of buildup. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't, which was odd to me that they were just like, oh, these two ladies who have been feuding forever. Yeah, they have a heated rivalry. Uh, yeah. And it's whether they put Dakota in this position, but yeah. It is. But I'm sure they're they're gearing up for, I'm going to trust that they're gearing up for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a move where Kai flipped off Mia's back and ha- and then like put Mia's back into her- Dakota's knees. Ah, yes. The chiropractor. That's the chiropractor? Yes. It looked really cool in this match. I think it looked more flippy than it usually does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought these ladies did very well. I thought, um, cause we've seen them together before and it's been kind of flat, but I think that they've, they're, everyone's like up in their game right now, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Yes. And uh, the refs are all dumb. Oh, the refs are totally dumb. Uh, yes. <laughs> what would you give, uh, Mia Yim and Dakota Kai? I enjoyed this. I gave it three and a quarter. Oh, okay. Uh, I really like this one as well. I thought they had a good match. I thought they worked really well together. It's, it's weird that they're putting Dakota in this position to lose. Like, I don't think she, you know, it's okay that she's not in the ladder match, but I don't know if I would have put her in a position to lose in a in a qualifier. I, I would prefer I, to see her kept strong, but I think they were trying to maybe protect her a little bit here by 
having the wacky finish where Dakota can argue that the referee was distracted and, you know, mm. Mia Yim Maybe. took advantage or cheated or some, something that Dakota can complain about, but... And also not... Um, I feel like, too, though, they're they're not overusing her then in this yeah. way. Raquel yeah. Gonzalez is gigantic. She's amazing. I I'm did... also really excited for the Gonzalez-Yim yeah. uh, feud that's coming. I mean, she's she's stunning, but she towers over these other girls. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Holy she's cow! Super tall. <laughs> like I I I explicitly checked to see if she was like doing the Charlotte Flair thing, where Charlotte always wears heels. She's mm-hmm. not wearing heels. She's not. She's no, she just, wears flats. She's. I I think she played college basketball, and obviously, but whoa, she's very tall. Uh, yep. And I thought she looked good kicking Mia's butt here afterwards. Uh, she did. We got a video for Killer Cross, uh, which I'm just... We're, is we're, it... oh, go ahead. Oh, is that confirmed? No, but uh, you... I mean, you did bring it up that you thought that maybe this is what it was referring mm-hmm. to. And I noticed in this I noticed in this particular video, and they do it again a little bit later, they show a lady with long locks... Uh, she's got a long, luxurious hair, appears very briefly with her back turned mm-hmm. to the camera. And I am to believe that this is Scarlet Bordeaux, who is Killer Cross's, I don't know if they're married or engaged or just boyfriend, girlfriend, but they are a couple. And they were, another. Okay. And they are, they are both in NXT, and oh. I would not be surprised if they debut together. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Then we get Kushida and Raul Mendoza. Poor Mendoza. Swift back and forth. Like, these guys were going fast. Uh, Swift back and forth, which Raul got the best of early on until he runs into a Kushida fist and a dive. Raul Raul comes back with a twisting neck breaker and a bottom rope. That was cool. He did a bottom rope moonsault. He sprung off Mm -hmm. the bottom rope and did a backflip. That was pretty impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. Kushida back on offense. These guys are going a million miles an hour. They get on the top rope. Kushida hits him with a flying cross arm breaker off of the top rope to get the submission win. This match was not very long, but it was very fun, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't long, but they did a, a lot in a very short period of time. Yes, this was a sprint. And I thought they both were showcased very well because they were able to show off what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this match. I know you said it was short. I didn't feel that, I guess, because there was just so much happening. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't think I, it either. I think somebody came yeah. across and said like it was only like four minutes. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> it, really? didn't feel, it didn't feel that short, but I think it, it may have been that short. Didn't because so much happened, and I love. I got oh, it warmed my heart that this crowd chanted for Raul. Yeah, like oh my gosh, give that um, man a break. Yes, yes, Ma- he's he's gotten so much better since we've seen him at since I've seen him at like the house shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just he he doesn't disappoint. So they keep teaming him up with guys and then taking away his partners. Yeah, Te- team him up with. I, I know he was teamed up. I, I don't know if he was teamed up with anybody after Carrillo, but. Um, oh, no, but I did like him and um, Joaquin Wild when they had that random team up together. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should put him I with thought Kushida. that was fun. Maybe. I mean, Kushida could be a good team. That would be fun. Uh, oh, my 
God, they would they could be like lightning. <laughs> they would just so fast. The Flash. Uh, any other thoughts on the match? Or no, I really liked this. I gave it a three and a half. <laughs> oh wow, uh, I really liked it too. I thought it was good. I I did think it was a little too short. I didn't go like three and a half. I, I went with a three because of the shortness. But this was like mm-hmm. these guys were just like lightning in a bottle. They just moved. Yep as fast as they possibly could to do as much as they possibly could. It was very action-packed. This uh, match was, like, made for me, I felt. Yes. like sure, The short attention span match. Well, but a lot happened. Like, uh, it was yes. just an action-packed yes. match that did not slow down. It mm. just, like, yeah, I thought, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> um, Tyler Breeze is backstage being interviewed about the Performance Center. Uh, by who the interviewer is, we do not know. I, did we get it? We did we not get a name? I, I I thought maybe I just missed it. I thought for sure by now no. they've given names, but Austin no. Theory shows up, and he's like, "Oh man, Tyler Breeze! I remember watching you on Breaking Ground, which is actually an excellent documentary series on the WWE Network." Uh, he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I totally watched it in high school." Uh, yeah. I'm like, "Holy shit! We- I forgot how young Austin Theory is." He's like 22, something something stupid. Oh my God, that's right. When Breaking Ground came out, that was a few years ago. He would have only been like 17, 18, 19, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my God, I feel ancient. Uh, Well, he's like the Performance Center certainly launches a lot of careers, but it's a shame that his never took off. Breeze took a picture of him, said that it's uh, he looks pretty good for a flash in the pan. Apparently, they will fight at some point, but who knows when now? I am for that rivalry, though. Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun. Also, where is Fandango? Uh, injured, unfortunately, again. Still? He was injured for a long dead. time, came back to do this fashion police thing with Tyler Breeze. They had a few matches for a few months, and then he got injured again, unfortunately. Ugh, Feel bad guy. for the guy, yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley promo, she comes out and says that this match with Charlotte is the biggest of her career, and she can Mm -hmm. feel the pressure, but that's not going to stop her from knocking Charlotte on her royal ass. Charlotte comes out, says Rhea has guts. The crowd is chanting for Charlotte to go back to Raw, but says that this is WrestleMania, and this is too much too soon for Rhea Ripley, and says that Charlotte is too much too soon. For her to handle. Can can I can I interrupt you there? Because Indeed. I have a I have a very big comment to make on that. Yes. Charlotte said a lot of words. Yes. For a person who chose this match. <laughs> yes. Just that's gonna... that's pretty weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like she said that, and I was just like, mm, but you're the one who made this happen. <laughs> Ultimately, yes. I mean, I guess you could go yeah. off of the fact that, like, Rhea is the one who's like, I challenge you to challenge me. Uh, yeah. But Charlotte didn't have to accept that it was hers to chat, to, like, choose. That is true. She could have gone after Bailey. Anyway. Uh, I, I, mean, I digress. <laughs> this this especially doesn't hold up well now, knowing that uh, WrestleMania is now going to occur in the same building that this show that we're talking about took place in and with far less fans in attendance. So yes. this whole, it's too much. It's too soon. It's too big. Like, no, it won't feel big at all. In fact, it'll feel very, very small. small. It'll be by far the weirdest WrestleMania of 
all time. And for that, really? I am interested in watching it. Yes. Yes. My only hope, well, I've had, I have two hopes for this. Mm-hmm. One, they will pipe in the announcers into, for so the wrestlers can hear it. So at least they have some kind of like mm-hmm. response. Oh, they'll and be able two, to hear the announcers. Okay. Oh, that's true. I guess they'll be sitting right there. Yep. And two, that Mauro will be there because, oh my God, he's literally the only one who will make it exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they get into a fight. Charlotte hits a big boot with her heel. Uh, figure four, mm. figure four is Rhea Ripley on the ring post to injure her leg. Which looks real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Walter profile video. Oh, before we get into that, I yes. have just one note on this. Again, refs being dumb. Oh, yes. Um, there are only two refs out there trying to control the situation, Charlotte and Rhea. And they weren't even doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like They were just standing there. Yes. Um, and this led to Looking a stream concerned. of consciousness. Let's do a stream of consciousness that I'm hoping you can clear up for me. So I, so I wrote, maybe if one was Jessica. Side note, where has Jessica been? I don't know. Uh, she was not on the I show. Like I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. It's possible she. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if she's tweeted anything about this, but there there have been some people. Uh, wrestlers mm-hmm. who have explicitly said that they don't feel comfortable performing while all of the coronavirus stuff is going on, and WWE oh, has fair. and WWE has been absolutely accommodating and uh, hmm. uh, saying like that's okay. AEW went so far as to make a public statement that uh, any performers who did not want to attend any of the closed set uh, episodes mm-hmm. that they're going to be filming. Uh, would be absolutely accommodated and they have absolutely no fear of losing their spot on the roster or their position on the card or, or wow. anything like that. They made like a public statement about it. So the companies have both been pretty good about if wrestlers feel uncomfortable or any anybody feels uncomfortable performing, um, that they don't have to do it or fly. Like I know Leo Rush has come out and said that he isn't going to be performing for a while because he has a newborn uh, like a young family, and he wants to make absolutely sure that they're okay, so he doesn't want to do any performing or traveling until this blows over. So, yeah, that's awesome that people were are able to do that. Yeah, so okay. maybe maybe Jessica is one of them, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, we get a Walter profile video, which eventually it took me a little bit, but I think the whole thing was narrated by Finn Balor. <laughs> it was like I was fooled at first because it was a Walter personality video. But then it sort of turned, it sort of morphed into a Finn Balor promo where he was holding a passport, which was also hilariously timely because the president, I think, also on that day had announced the travel ban to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, it was with the exception of the UK, but it has now been to like everything. Uh, that being said, when Finn Balor held up this passport, he had already traveled to the UK, filmed his NXT UK thing, and had traveled back. So. Mm-hmm before any of this happened, but yeah. And he did appear on NXT UK. He had a match with, er, what's his name? Uh, the one guy in Imperium, the Bobby Fish of Imperium, uh, Alexander Wolf. Wolf. Yes. He had a match with him and beat him. Yeah. Let me see here. Uh, oh, <laughs> this might be my favorite set of words I have ever written down. In my notes for any episode of NXT we've ever covered, Jacqueline. I'll just read it word for word. Raul Raul Mendoza is literally kidnapped by luchadors. Mm. 
I wrote, did someone steal Mendoza? So, yeah. <laughs> now, somebody had pointed out to me, I can't remember their names now off the top of my head. Somebody pointed out that they believe it is these two wrestlers whose names I now forget. But uh, I do recall one of them is, in fact, very good. And I'd forgotten that he'd even signed with WWE. Like, oh. he'd signed with them, like, way, sometime way off last year. And I'd not even heard his name. So, uh, like, brought up. And people are like, it's him and this other guy. Uh, Dexter Loomis? No, it is not Dexter Loomis. Actually, these are actual luchadors. Uh, oh. Although, uh, that'd be funny if it was Dexter Loomis was one of them. <laughs> Just He's that crazy, folks. Uh, Where has he been? The question here is, are they just going to kidnap Raul Mendoza and force him to, like, are they going to brainwash him into teaming with them? Like, what are they, what is this? It's a weird storyline. It uh, is. I can't wait to see where it goes, though. <laughs> even weirder was, like, the announcer's reaction to it when they came back. They were like, uh, okay. Was, was that Raul Mendoza? Was he taken away? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, up next, Tegan Knox and Deanna Parazzo. <laughs> I was like, what? Very weird. They just moved on. Uh, so yeah, that was our next match in a ladder match qualifier. Uh, this match was weird. Diana working over the, uh, Diana was working over the taped up left arm of Tegan locks in her Fujiwara arm bar, but Knox reverses, uh, reverses a pin hits her with a headbutt, hits her with a shiniest wizard and wins. I mean, it's not like they did anything bad in this match, but Diana kicked her butt for most of it. Tegan essentially just hit two moves in one. Yeah, this was this was a short match, unlike the other short match, because nothing happened here. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Um, I should take the bet. I did not like it. I mean, I thought Deanna was trying. I feel like Tegan Knox wasn't. Tegan Knox might be more vanilla to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you know what's crazy? I don't think we've actually gone to uh, grapple since the first match uh, on the show. I'm now realizing it. Like, it just popped over to grapple, and it was still sitting on Mia Yim, Dakota Kai. Uh, oh, we only missed one then. Yeah, so... Oh, no, uh, we didn't. You want to go backwards then? We did. Uh, <laughs> we missed Kushida and Raul Mendoza, which you gave three and a half, I believe. Yes. And I gave it a three, but I didn't go to grapple to find to tell you that they were mean and gave it a 2.77. That is me. Two and three quarters. Uh, mm. Anyway, what did, what did you give Deanna Parazzo and Tegan Knox? A two. Ah, oh, me too. Ah. Grapple liked it even less, giving it a 1.74. Okay. That's they fair. for themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Uh, okay. So after that, we get another, what we presume is a killer cross video with Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, appearing briefly. Why, why we're getting to an episode, though? That is well. The clock. I, I supposedly there's a clock, and it's I guess ticking down every single time it ticks down further. I guess I don't know. Uh, before our main event, which is the Broser Weights and the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championships, Velveteen Dream appears on a uh, Performance Center edition of the NXT Perch. Uh, I just wrote here, Dream says some shit, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you took notes on what he said. But No, the only thing I took note of was that he said none of his poking at Strong mattered, and like he took his, he was like, these are just tights. That felt like, and... him, that felt like them trying to distance themselves very quickly from that horrible storyline. 
Yes. Like, and so I, I was okay with that because, like, that was super disturbing. So, mm. yeah. That was all I really had other than Adam Cole's reply. Yeah, this was all bad because Dream tried to play it off like, oh, that horrible storyline we did, it doesn't count. Adam Cole was the the target the whole time. And Adam Cole, who is a genius, clearly listens to this podcast, uh, yeah. says, dude, you lost your match. Roderick Strong won. You haven't even earned a title. Like, a nut, you have not earned a title like- shot. Like, said what we were all thinking, yes. Yes. The thing here is, this is still backwards. Like, Cole should be the bad guy lying to protect his title shot or protect his championship against the Velveteen Dream, who he sees as a threat. But instead, Dream's like, I should get a title shot. And Adam Cole's the truth teller, who's like, you haven't done anything to earn it. The one thing I was hoping with everything getting canceled and shuffled around was that um, TakeOver would just be postponed and then we can get a real rivalry for this. I'll tell you what, Jacqueline. I think they're still (laughs) going to go ahead with Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, but at least you won't have to pay good, hard-earned money to see it. Uh, They'll air it in front of... I already paid good, hard-earned money. Well, I mean, you'll get that money back, but uh, hopefully, (laughs) fingers crossed. uh, Yeah. Instead... They'll have this match in front of nobody on a random Wednesday in April. So, like it deserves. Only positive to come out of this whole... Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay, so the Broserweights and the Undisputed Era for the tag titles. Uh, It's Broserweights out-wrestling the Undisputed Era early, and then a commercial break. After the break, it's still Broserweights in control. Eventually, Kyle O'Reilly cuts off Matt Riddle, and they go to work on him. Uh, after a while, he gets Pete Dunn into this match. He kicks all of the asses. Matt Riddle does a, uh, I just wrote here, step-up dive from Riddle. I don't remember that. Did Matt Riddle do a dive to the outside? He may have. Probably. Uh, tosses Roddy. Oh, this was this was actually great. Uh, he does this dive into the outside onto everybody, and then he grabs Adam Cole and Roderick Strong and tosses them into the ring, at which point Pete Dunn takes a phantom bump he slaps his hands together and falls backwards onto the ground. And <laughs> Matt Riddle is like motioning that Adam Cole super kicked Pete Dunn. And what? Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are trying like hell to to plead their innocence here. And the crowd is obviously behind the the good guys here. And the referee ejects Adam Cole and Roderick Strong from this match in a really awesome manner. Like, yes, uh, I thought they did that very well. <laughs> he he did the toss, and Adam Cole was physically pushed to the ropes from this ejection. Uh, it was great. Uh, that was actually that might have been the best part of the match, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> back from the break, uh, they take another break after this happens, and back from the break, somehow Undisputed Era is in control on Pete Dunne, but he tags Matt Riddle. He runs wild. A double team strikes from the Broser Weights and a Liger Bomb from Dunn gets a two count. Uh, Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly lay each other out. Riddle and Fish uh, get in with a series of counters, but Matt Riddle gets cut off. They hit Chasing the Dragon, their double team brain buster kick thingy on Matt Riddle mm-hmm. for a two, although I don't think they're calling it Chasing the Dragon anymore. Apparently, yeah, some. That's, that's a drug s- reference. I was going to say, yeah, apparently somebody finally figured out that that is a drug reference. Uh, yeah. 
But they hit it. I think Nigel did call it something else, but I don't remember what he called it. Uh, Riddle hits a double spear on Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly to create some space. The grizzled young veterans come out. They, yes, they try to cheat, but Matt Riddle somehow uh, survives all of this craziness. They, uh, the Broserweights hit the bro to hell on Kyle O'Reilly for the win. Okay, so really fast, though, um, Bobby Fish gets tossed out of the ring onto the Grizzled Young Veterans. the Grizzled Young Veterans, correct. Probably the best use for Bobby Fish in any match, <laughs> so. Use him as a projectile? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Uh, what did you think? Uh, I thought this was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good. Sorry, I shouldn't say okay. Um Early on, uh, I thought Kyle O'Reilly getting kicked in the face by Matt Riddle was nasty and uh, just yes. goes to prove how much Kyle O'Reilly is a good sport because Riddle's barefoot. <laughs> That's yes. weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I have in here, uh, is experience advantage just another way of saying old Morrow? I think he was talking about the uh, undisputed error there. A um, little bit, yes. Uh, I mean, yeah. th- I think they have both been wrestling longer than Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, but he may have also well, been referencing the fact that they've been a tag a team tag for team. a very, very long time, even prior to WWE. Yeah, but... Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were a tag team called Red Dragon in Ring of Honor and in New Japan for, I don't know, maybe four or five years before they came to WWE. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So they've been a team forever. Really? And and Kyle O'Reilly did so much better that with Roderick Strong. Oh! That's interesting. And for funsies, I believe, uh, when Kyle O'Reilly uh, came in, like broke in on the national wrestling scene, it was mm-hmm. in a tag team with another young up-and-comer named Adam Cole. Hmm. They were originally a team together for a while. Oh, no wonder they all came in. Because didn't they all come in at once, almost, pretty, to NXT? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, it all makes sense. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought this was a good match. It was not... I feel like, though, I've seen this too many times before. I feel, I feel... I mean, they did just have this at TakeOver, and the TakeOver match was definitely better than this match. Yes. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, this is the end of this rivalry and we go on to Grizzled Young Veterans Yes, here. please. Like, the torch is passed. Indeed. Thank you, Undisputed Era. It's been a good run, but you guys need to disappear from the tag title yeah. scene for a little bit. Like, take a back seat. Go yeah. up against the, the Forgotten Sons like everyone else. <laughs> Unless you come back with Kyle and Roddy, then be my guest. Yes, exactly. Uh, what, what would you give the uh, the main event match? I gave it a three. Okay. Um, I think this was probably my favorite match on the show. I went three and a quarter. Uh, I liked it. You're right about how this feels very familiar. I feel... Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times we've seen this match on NXT, but I feel like we've seen the Broserweights and Undisputed Era in some form or combination like 50 times. Which yeah. It's never bad. They work really well together and they work really hard, but there is a formula to NXT TV sometimes. And they try to do these big tag team matches, like these epic tag team matches where there's like three hot tags 
where, you know, the guy comes in, runs wild, but then gets cut off and gets worked over forever. And then he makes a hot tag and then that guy runs wild, but he gets cut off. They feel, it felt like they did that like two or three times in this match, which is a little overkill for a TV main event. It was, I, I, I don't know. It just wasn't, um, it, it was good. Mm -hmm. I just, it was not my favorite thing on this episode. Uh, Grapple liked it way more than both of us. They went 3.45. Wow. Yeah. Almost three and a half. Yeah. Very close. Uh, I like Grapple. They announced a Candice LeRae and Mercedes Martinez ladder qualifying match for next week, which we now know I'm, we're pretty sure is not going to happen because they've announced no live matches on NXT. Uh, I will say I hope Candice wins that match, though. If they, I know they're pushing Mercedes, though. Yes. Mercedes. I don't know if they're going to do this ladder match. If they're not going to do any live matches, maybe it's only for... Maybe they're going to sprinkle it in for there. For a week? Yeah, maybe they're going to sprinkle it in there because they've still got, like, three more qualifying matches to go, and April 1st is not that far away. Uh, Unless they're reassessing everything. They wish like they may else. It's uh, hour by hour. I mean, they're still talking about how they're not sure how long WrestleMania's going to go. WrestleMania last year was, like, six hours. Can you imagine six hours in an empty building? They have 16 matches that they're supposed to be doing. Hopefully we they're don't gonna, need that many. Hopefully they're going to cut out a whole big chunk of them and just do the main ones. I'm going to tell you who doesn't need to be there. I'm just the undertaker. I'm just dying, dude. I am dying to see Brock Lesnar, undertaker, John Cena, the fiend. Uh, I'm dying to see all of these people wrestling in the performance center in front of nobody. It's just a car crash. Oh. I can't take my eyes away from it. I will say, I do think the Bray Wyatt, uh, John Cena match will go forward. Oh, yeah. It's going forward. Undertaker and AJ is going forward. They all push this stuff on Raw on Monday when they announced the, the no fans WrestleMania. Uh, that is dumb. No, poor, the Undertaker should not be used anymore. Poor Edge making his first singles match like after a career-ending neck injury and will be in front of nobody. I feel so uh, bad for him. He was in uh, the Royal Rumble. Well, it was. Yes, that was his that was his return. Uh, but this is like his his first match. His first singles match. AJ Styles, yeah. Um, uh, they should. They announced an Adam Cole championship celebration, which is to mark the milestone of him being the longest reigning NXT champion, breaking Finn Balor's record. And that probably should be on the show because it's non-wrestling. So I presume mm -hmm. that they'll probably do something along those lines on NXT. Probably, but I do hope Finn Balor comes out and Pele kicks him. Yes. <laughs> Get a little bit Just of wrestling cuss. on the show. Uh, and then we got our main event segment. Tommaso Ciampa comes out to the ring, uh, says that he is promised answers, and Johnny's promised answers, and we're going to give the fans answers. And then Johnny Gargano appears on the video screen in a conference room somewhere and says that, and honestly, he was correct. He he is kind of making like this weird meta point about heel turns in professional wrestling and face turns. Yep about how people just forget about what they did. I know. I loved it. Like, he brought all the storyline back. Yes. He says, has everyone forgot the last three years? Everything that Tommaso Ciampa did, uh, he's never changed. And for some reason, the fans just accepted him, and it's been driving Gargano crazy. 
I guess he was like waiting and waiting and waiting for the fans to turn on him, but they never did. They just accepted him more every week. Uh, yep. And he's just going on and on and on about this. And Ciampa's like, well, I recognize where you are. We're in the performance center. We're like here like every day. So I'm just going to go find you and kick your ass. And he knew exactly where Johnny Gargano was because he was in the performance center. So he just marched right over to this uh, conference room. Conference room. And they proceeded to have a very wild brawl throughout the entire performance center. Yes. Rooms are destroyed. Glass on doors are broken. A huge mirror in the 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 gym is completely destroyed. I feel like they're probably redoing the space anyway, and they're <laughs> they, like, just go they, crazy. they must be. Uh, like Who he waits at each other. He throws <laughs> Gargano throws Champa through a glass like the glass pane on a door. Uh, just insanity. They finally brawl out into the crowd, and they brawl atop the. Uh, the Performance Center NXT perch, and just as it seems Gargano has won the day, Ciampa picks him up and gives him an air raid crash off of the perch through the announcer's table, and both men are dead as the the, uh, the show goes off the air. What, what did you think of the uh, the ending as like a continuation of the yeah. Ciampa-Gargano story? I rated it as a match. Um, I thought this Kind was, of was. Thought, yeah. I thought it was super... Fun and crazy. I thought it went long for a non-match, which is why I was like, well, if I accept this as a match, we'll take that. Yeah. A few notes. Um, first, poor Kushida, just trying to get some medical attention in the back. <laughs> yep. This guy can't catch a um, break. Right? He just keeps being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Let Kushida be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the refs, refs again, being dumb, trying to rationalize with these guys. Really? You think talking to them is going to work? Come on. <laughs> Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? This isn't you, Johnny. Get down from there. Yes. Like, Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Um, fist... I thought when... <laughs> Go ahead. I thought when they were um, out on the perch, there was some odd camera. Yeah, um, yeah. They, I felt like they were just jumping back and forth really fast. So... Yeah, that's the WWE uh, for you, uh, though. That's their style. Yeah. Um, but some of the things they did through there, I have um, running with the chair to break through the other side. I don't know what that refers to, but some of it looked more like an indie promotion with how in the crowd they were, mm-hmm. and, like, just all over the place. Um, I just thought it was fun. I also like I heard Gargano say at one point, "This is a teachable moment." Yes, when he was like holding Champa, and I just yes. thought that was wonderful. That was a great um, line. It was. I also hope Trump's still in the back watching to get pointers of what the crowd really wants. Yeah. Oh, and then when Regal finally came out at the end, I'm like, it took you long enough, dude. Like, what? Jacqueline eagerly awaiting for him to just shout war games war as the games. show goes off the air. I was like, come on. This is war games. <laughs> I know the solution to this. War games! War games! <laughs> well, or that, what's that match that Gargano and had which was basically war games in with all the weapons in the one yeah one one you know like that's like just just call that mini war games from the from the takeover toronto yes yes that was a good takeover um yeah i really like this as well uh i thought this was just a crazy wild brawl this is the thing that really ended up putting the show over the top for me as my the show i like uh this week better than aew so 
there's your uh, there's your winner for the war. Uh, yeah. in, in terms of the in terms of the actual war, of course, AEW won, but both shows were uh, well. NXT was hit, but AEW was decimated and still won, by the way. But they were decimated mm-hmm. because of the coronavirus coverage, which apparently people who watch NXT just don't give a fuck about because they just kept watching. I think they dropped by like five percent. Whereas, like, that's eight, it. Uh, yeah, like they. They did not drop very like AEW like the previous week did something like nine hundred thousand viewers, and this week they did like seven eighty or something like uh, quite a few people hmm. were not watching this week and were instead probably DVRing the show and presumably keeping up with the news and NXT did like six I don't know six eighty or something like that they barely fell from what they normally do so you know crazy. they don't care what's going on give me my NXT. Those people were shouting, uh, presumably at their televisions. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I and, and look going forward, the especially if NXT's format is going to be no live matches or very little live matches. We already know the the war is technically over anyway. AEW's won on a technical knockout, but uh, it's especially not going to matter going forward. Like yeah, like on the human scale, like who gives a shit? Because there's so much more to mm-hmm. really worry about, but. If you want to have fun with it, it's still like a who cares because both shows are running uh, episodes without audiences. And I haven't seen what AEW is going to look like without a crowd yet, but I guarantee it can't be that much better than WWE without an audience. Because wrestling without an audience is just really weird. It is. It's just very strange. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be bizarre uh, either way going forward. So, yeah, I, I guess that's the episode uh, for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT, hit subscribe, and that way you can hear Jacqueline and I come back next week. And, uh, you know what? We're going to, like, huddle after the podcast for maybe a minute. Figure it out to- one day. Yeah, we're going to try to figure out what that is. So tune in next week for a surprise mystery episode of What Comes Next. (laughs) 